Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, man, I like this. 512 Friday. That's when Patrick, the idillionaire, takes jams from very talented human beings, live bands, and artists who you have a chance to see live right here in the ATX. Who are we jamming right now, Patrick? This is Otis the Destroyer. And it <laughs> is playing, uh, they're playing tonight at Hotel Vegas. Sounds about right. Otis the Destroyer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right, there you go. 512 on the 512 Friday, 512 337 3776. That is also the number to the Specs text line. And uh, you can hit us up there as well. You can also use the Twitterverse. Hard is at Hardball Hard in the Twitterverse. My man Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers. And for those who did not hear the news, um, this is Hard's last day. Yup, yup. He's going to. It's gonna, uh, yeah. Yeah, my my kids got a lot of a little bit early. Yeah, my kids got a lot of camps that I've been missing and games and stuff like that because that's what the job asks of us, right? We we understand that as responsibilities as parents. You know, you got you got to make the bacon, right? You got to you got got to make the donuts. Come on now. And so, um, with this uh, situation that we we're in right now. Uh, I think it's best for me to go and support what the kids are trying to do. They're getting ready to go back to school, too. Yep. So I got to spend some time with them before all that stuff happens out there. So I appreciate, again, I appreciate you guys for being so professional with what we do, uh, Rod and Patrick, and, you know, always having each other's back. We we said that at the very beginning of our relationship. There's, yep. It was like, man, we, there's going to be some times I'm going to be out for if, whether it was calling baseball games at Globe Life and, and Frisco and going all over the country doing a chance to call basketball and baseball games. And then, you know, Rod, you going on vacation, which you deserve a lot more of because of the fact of how hard hey, you work. Patrick, obviously – you got a chance to finally take a trip Patrick to the coast. Take, yeah, he don't take no vacation. Man, he, he, he got one, a him chance. And Luke. Yeah, him and Luke got a chance <laughs> to go to the coast and have a good time. And so we held each other down, and that's what friends do, and that's what partners do. And uh, I appreciate y'all being able to work with me and making things happen. So, uh, no doubt, man, you're extremely talented, um, especially when it comes to your analysis on baseball. I mean, you're definitely the best baseball mind. I've worked with, worked with some damn good ones. So, I mean, KD yeah. actually knew a lot about baseball as well. Um, so, and he actually said that because KD is actually one of your biggest yep. advocates coming in. I believe that was his one of his suggestions was yeah. like, man, you got to bring in Hardball Harge. Um, and he was right; it was it, it worked out. And we had a blast. So, uh, man, you, you people will have access to Hardball Harge. I guarantee you that that this dude is not going away. He knows every damn body. <laughs> he ain't going away. So if you don't just if you don't just run into him and six degrees of separation, end up hanging out with him somewhere at some party yeah. or at some club or some bar, uh, you will have access to Hardball Harge. Uh, over the whether it be something you know simulcast or multicast or somewhere he ain't going away. Yep, no he, doubt. He, trust me. So just be patient yep. and follow him via Twitter at Hardball Harch. No doubt. Universe. No that's doubt. The best way to do it. Uh, and follow my man Patrick Davis too. And that's the beauty of it that when we put the show together, um, and I didn't know this when we did it, but we it's a three man show. No doubt. We didn't. I, I never worked with Patrick, so yep. I didn't. I didn't know if Patrick was going to be able to do the five to eight jobs he already does on top <laughs> of being able to be an on air guy. Like, I was like, I, I, I didn't say he couldn't do it, but I wasn't going to put that burden on him. Be like, hey man, I need you to bring it too. On yep. top of producing the damn show and cutting all the audio and the other five six jobs that he's asked to do around here, it's like I'm not putting that burden on him. Uh, well, Patrick didn't look at it as a burden, obviously, because Patrick decided, you know what, I, I can contribute, and exactly, it, it made the show ten times better. And I, honestly, I'm not sure the show would be as good 
period, if you weren't in the role that you're in contributing exactly. to the show as a co-host. I appreciate it. Wouldn't. I appreciate it. it wouldn't. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, it wouldn't. It, it ended up being way better than I thought it could be. And that's I knew what Harsh could do. I right. didn't know what Patrick could do. And knocked it. it was a home run. Like it was a grand slam hire. Yep. All right. Um, let's get to off the sentimental stuff. <laughs> let's get to the Big 12. Let's talk, let's talk about some... Uh, I'm sentimental about the Big 12, bro. The Big 12 ain't going away. <laughs> you should be sad if you're a Pac-12 person because the Pac-12, much like Ball Don't Lie, is going away. <laughs> so you want to be sad about something. You look at the graveyards exactly. and the Pac-12 will be there next to Ball Don't Lie and uh, Chad and Zay and some other shows too. That's okay. No doubt. How about this? I've, I saw this uh, at Yahoo Sports, guys. And just talked about more of the ineptitude of George Klyovkov, the commissioner of the Pac-12, and just the missed opportunities yeah. in retrospect. How about this? Two years, this is Yahoo Sports reporting. Two years ago, after Texas and Oklahoma announced their eventual departure for the SEC, uh, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby reached out to George Klyovkov, reportedly, presented a proposal to merge the two conferences. Come on now. And to share a media rights package, obviously a much more robust one when they would combine the leagues and establish, you know, the kind of a scheduling alliance. We remember this was being talked about. We didn't know how serious it got and how far down the road they were. It said Bowlesby even flew to California to try to put the, you know, the finishing touches on this deal. Uh, the Pac-12 rebuffed the interest in a mm-hmm. merger. And the league also decided at the same time to be against, opposed to expansion. Come on, of man. any kind, not just the merger of the two conferences, but opposed to expansion too. And now we're two years later, and we're looking at the possible the beginning of the end of the Pac-12. Isn't that crazy? Like I, he, it's wild. Like you, oh it's man, wild. That to me is a that's a that's a dang coaching mistake. Because we've been talking about this for so long, yeah, and it yeah. was like there's like how are you how are you missing out on these opportunities? Yeah, give the Texas that you're right. Texas says, wow, props to Bosby for going after that. You're right. I didn't know Bosby did that. He was that yep. aggressive. Good for Bosby. That yep. could have saved Bosby's legacy, too. It could have. It could have saved Bosby's job. That's why he was sitting in the back with his arms crossed, like, dang it. They ain't coming. They ain't coming. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. I, I still, if you had Bosby and Klyovkov and no USC, no UCLA, no Texas, no Oklahoma, and those two conferences merge, do you still believe in that with those two guys leading it? Not, not, so know your mark. Pending on the well, timing of it, though. Yeah, yes, good point. Yeah, pending on the timing That's, of it, you yes. might have been able to salvage mm. something. Yeah, because yeah. USC, I'm with you, USC and UCLA would still be leaving. Yeah. They, they, they were plotting that they probably plotting while that. Texas and Oklahoma were plotting. Yeah, yes. so we're going to say if those, if all four of the biggest schools out of those conferences mm-hmm. all leave, and then you have all, you're like, it's a better, it's better than what there is now for the Pac 12, but it's not better than what the Big 12 has now. Yeah. Because now it's um, too spread out for the Big 12. And again, without your mark, if the leaders of this conference were Bowlesby and Klyovkov, they're going to screw it up. Yeah, one of them would have. Yeah, I'm, yeah. either way, it would have been bad. <laughs> they're going to be, be stabbed like, and be shot. We're guys, like, we're the academic uh, conference. <laughs> no more NIL. No more transfer portal. We're just going to be the conference of that and be like, no one coming? No, no, it's <laughs> like you know, it's just something. Is this thing on? Is this thing on? <laughs> no, that's a good point. Yeah, um, I and I, I think you know if they could have, if they would have merged, I'm with you. I think Patrick's right. You're still gonna lose Texas, Oklahoma, UCA, USC, and USLA. They, they're gone. But now, 
you're going to lose at least a Pac-12. They're going to lose Washington and Oregon, too, looks like, as well. So you're going to lose your other kind of second-tier yeah. big-time programs. Arizona, you talk about Arizona basketball all the yes. time. That's going to leave, too. So at least if they would have merged, potentially the Big 12, they wouldn't have, I guess they still probably could have went after a U of H and you know maybe BYU or something like that, too. Um, but... I don't know. There's an argument to be made that if you bring in a Washington and an Oregon and an Arizona's as opposed to the Cincinnati, U of H, BYU, Central, well, yes. Central Florida thing, that that's more attractive. No, yep. Not yep. much yep. more. No, but and and more I'll agree. Attractive. I think team-wise, you're right that it's better. I think presentation-wise. You're talking about and mar- what you're market, selling like it. TV market-wise. Yeah, and, like and what your conference is selling it as. Yeah. If you have two guys that can't sell water to somebody dying of thirst then it doesn't matter what teams you have you're yeah, never you're not going to get there because the sec and big 10 are going to tell you that they're the best and people will believe it and now you have brett your mark so i'm saying no matter what happens if bull speak saves his job that's the worst thing that could happen for the big 12 and and also <laughs> no i'm really on that that's a good point because you're right either way they're doomed um and because they had bad leadership at the time. The yes. only reason the Big 12 was salvaged and saved and re- achieved stability is because they got new leadership. Yes. Yep. They got Brett Yarmark, who was a visionary, and that's what stabilized the conference. You still got Klyovkov and Bosby. Inevitably, whatever merger of those conferences would have happened would have failed. Yes. And they, and they would end up – so I agree – totally agree with that. Also, um, this is also uh, being reported in retrospect. Remember, Larry Scott, obviously, the former Big 12 commissioner prior to Klyovkov, Remember, uh, and I'll read this from the article, the excerpt. It said, a day after a conference expansion, Ormageddon was avoided with the Pac-12 taking a pass on Oklahoma and Texas. Commissioner Larry Scott was in good cheer. And why not? Because at the time, the Pac-12 still had the richest TV deal in all of college football. Remember, that's why Colorado initially leaves. Because their TV deal is way richer than most of the major conferences in college sports. He said, quote, Larry Scott at the time. We could have expanded, but the deal didn't make any sense at the end of the day for us. He said, given the position that we are in, there's a very high bar. It's hard to imagine very many scenarios for our conference to expand because the bar is so high. Essentially saying that some teams in the Big 12 didn't reach the bar at the time. Right. Wow. He let you know. You could have had. (laughs) When you look back in retrospect, there were so many opportunities for the Pac-12 to destroy and annihilate and dissolve the Big 12. Mm. And they just did. They let the Big 12 just keep sticking around and sticking around. And now the Big 12 is essentially now the stabilized conference. And How they, crazy is that? Yeah. And they, they, they're they now going to in position to be, remember those four super conferences we talked about that yep. were inevitable in college sports? Yep. There were going to be 16 team conferences. Guys, we're here. This is it. The SEC will have 16. The ACC, the yes. Big Ten, they're all going to 16, and it's a race to 16, and the Big 12 is in prime position to get there before the Pac-12. It's over. Check and mate. Yeah. Get, you snooze, you lose. Wow. You wait too long, and you're going to be gone. That's and now crazy. it's dissolving. And how? think about this. That was in 2011. Right, <laughs> and think about this. Now that we're looking at the, the Pac-12, and somebody just put the Pac-6 right now, you have now the six pack. N- not a nap guy. But you sit here and you look at this and you say, we have been talking about super conferences for a while. 20 years. It is. And, and More you, than that, actually. And you that. got caught slipping 
And now you have dissolved an entire conference, an entire conference of, excuse me, an entire Power Five conference has now been dissolved because you kept thinking it wasn't going to happen while it kept happening around you. And think about it, guys. That is naive. You were being naive. 15 years ago, they had the richest TV deal in, in all of college, major college sports. Unbelievable. And look where we are now. Yeah, that and I mean, unbelievable. And, and the other thing you have to look at too is you, when you look at what Bowlesby did and Klyovkov versus Yormark, Yormark going ahead and getting the deal and going, I may lose a few million dollars in this deal and not get the best, but I need to get the deal done the so deal. that there's faith within our presidents and our in our schools, mm-hmm. and so that we can go to other schools and go, here's your cut, here's an actual number we're giving you. Whereas we saw with San Diego State. They were going to have to pay an exit fee, and there is no number that they have that they're getting. Now, they're told it's going to be tons, and it's the greatest. Mm-hmm. And the longer exactly. we wait, the more you'll make. Theoretically, yeah. that's how much you're going to get. But there is no actual <laughs> number. And when you talk to Colorado, you go, you're, here's your full share. It's this amount of dollars. So whatever you got to get out. Plus, we can poach off of you. Until Big 12 signed that new deal, they were a real easy team, or a real easy conference to poach from mm-hmm. because everybody knew it's like, oh, you just got to wait till next year, and then you get them. And it, we, they don't have to buy out. They just don't sign the new deal. That's a great point. No, I'm with you. And I, I love you said about basically that what Klyovkov is offering is theoretical. Like, theoretically, yeah. we could do this. Like, bro, I'm not operating in you know your theoretical world. I'm talking about what can you get me? What can you guarantee? This is how much money we're going to get if we remain with the Pac-12. And the Big 12, like you said, your market is offering these teams. He said, hey, man, you're going to get $32 million if you join us right now. We know, you, we know you're going to get that. Yeah. Not some theoretical hypothesis mm-hmm. as to what's going to no, go no, down. If up. you join us, yeah, then. If you join us. And then we got to add another team. And after that, we're going to add another team. And then <laughs> another team. The off-call just, just cornering people to party. I know. <laughs> no, nah, man. We just need to start this business. All I need is your credit. And then we're going to get this loan. And we will be millionaires. <laughs> then he's sniffing a lot too, like the guy from Seinfeld. Like, bro, what? What are you yeah. doing? Oh, I'll go to the bathroom real quick. Like, bro, <laughs> like, what's wrong with you, man? Why are you so uh, hyperactive right yeah. now? Um, okay, yeah. The, basically, the Pac-12 kind of reminds me of that story. Really, it's 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 a it's a story that we have seen in different industries uh, all throughout time, right? In our society, it's it's blockbuster. You oh. you are at, you are at the top of the you know the mountain. You are at the Right at the hierarchy, they have the richest television contract, the broadcast contract for all of the major uh, college major college conferences, and they they decided at the time that they wanted to the status quo, want to remain status quo, instead of deciding to expand and to grow the brand. And what I always say, like if you're not green and growing, then you're yeah. dead. You're yeah. dead rotten. I was trying to right? say you're dying. Uh, if you're not growing, you're dying. Essentially, that's the if you're not disrupting and you're being disrupted that's the mentality they should have had the whole time and i always remember blockbuster at one time in 2000 remember yep. blockbuster video was was the ish man it was everywhere that's how you got your entertainment on the weekends be like man i gotta go to blockbuster on the weekends got them new movies out there no, gotta go no. see what's going down. i'm like man we gotta see it how I many you gotta return it in two days you gotta return. Hey, <laughs> don't get them, them no late fees exactly. they came with they false advertising exactly. they got in trouble that time exactly. but in 2000 blockbuster had a chance to buy netflix and netflix remember they were the newest thing mm-hmm, on the block. Mm-hmm. They were mailing DVDs to people. It was seen at the time as being a little ridiculous. Mailing a DVD to somebody, that's crazy. Yep. Uh, but you know what? It was the newest thing. They had a chance to buy it. 
uh, Blockbuster had a chance to buy Netflix for $50 million in 2000. Yep. Today, it's worth over $200 billion. Mm, mm, mm. And they figured, nah, we'll pass. We're good. When is, there's never going to be a uh, entertainment ecosystem that doesn't need Blockbuster video. Gotta have it. What are you talking about, man? You we are the future. It. Look at these VHS. We're the future. That's people why people don't want to people don't stay at their home box. and wait for something. They want to go to a store. Yeah. <laughs> they want to get it right away. They don't want to order it and have it shipped to them. So that's now crazy. we got a red box. Exactly. Now exactly. we got a red no, box. That's exactly this. So I was like, no, no, they want to come to this store. They want to get the candy and they want to look at all people the people like movies. dressing up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like I said, there was somebody in that meeting instead of buying Netflix and say, you know what, let's buy what may be the future. That's, that's pretty good. Why not? Yeah. Uh, and now that's standard practice for all these big companies. Any competition, they just buy it. Like, yep. just buy it. like no, no matter how small it is, how insignificant, they'll just buy the competition up. All the different uh, social media brands and all of these uh, different kind of media data entities, they'll just buy up the competition. They don't even let it get to the point where Netflix be- can become what it is today. Yep. It can be one of the top streaming entertainment entities in the world. And Blockbuster Video is officially done. I think the last one closed up. Now they're a documentary. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. It's like they're a documentary now. I forgot. And like guess a, where that's at? Netflix. Yeah. Pac-12. <laughs> You're Blockbuster right now. You're yep. Blockbuster. You're talking about saying that 10 teams. Oh, we'll get to 10 teams. We'll stabilize right there. Nope. You're a blockbuster, man. It's a yep. bad meeting. No doubt. Mm-hmm. Guys, who, who doesn't want to see that Washington State-Oregon State matchup? <laughs> it's it's Pac-12 football. Pac-12 football. It's the Pac-12. Hey, Pac-12 no. football. Game starts at 1045. <laughs> yep. uh, okay, real quick. I want to get to this Gary Patterson news because this is really good news for Longhorn fans. Uh, reported by my man Bobby Burton. So shout out to Bobby Burton over there inside Texas doing great work uh, on, on three as well. Uh, but inside Texas is killing it lately, man. They're doing a really good job. Uh, so he is reporting that it is uh, possible that Gary Patterson, GP, could return to the 40 acres. Uh, Bobby Burns says former TCU head coach Gary Patterson is mulling a return to college football, possibly in a reprised role with the Texas Longhorns. In his first year away from Fort Worth, Patterson was a special assistant to Texas head coach Steve Sarkeesian during the 2022 season. He worked primarily with the Longhorn defense and helping uh, specifically uh, with, obviously, uh, game planning for the teams. Uh, I think a lot of it also in the secondary. I pointed out earlier that if you look at the amount of uh, pattern match or match quarters that Texas played, which is kind of a pattern match zone cover four, uh, they played about 54% of that coverage in 2022. That was 33% of their coverages, about a third in 2021. Gary Patterson's last year at TCU he was a huge uh, match quarters guy. Had, I think, fit, around 54%, actually, mm. of his coverages were match quarters. So that's something he brought directly to Texas and put his fingerprints on it because, as we talked about, PK didn't know the ecosystem of the Big 12 very well. He miscalculated, and then he gets a, a veteran like uh, you know Gary Patterson, who knows the terrain very well, knows the players too. Gave him sure, like gave him scouting reports on the coaches and all that kind of stuff. And then we saw that drastic turnaround for for PK. So if man, if you can bring in Gary Patterson back, Harge, along with Paul Christ, along with G- Joe D. Camillus, uh, thrown in the mix there too. Uh, Payam Sadat, man, you heart. I'll say that Sarkis is making sure that he can get as much help, leave no stone unturned, as looking for help to get his team the schematic coaching advantage. Well, 
And this is the the thing that you and I have talked about. Sark has looked himself in the mirror and not been ashamed to bring in other guys nope. to help him. Yep. That yep. is a huge thing, especially at a coach with you know as well as I do, we all have egos when it comes to this type of, of, of profession. When you're coaching, you think you know it all. And I'm not saying it in a hubris way. I'm saying it as for real. Like, Mm -hmm. you think you've got to figure it out. (laughs) That is how I got to this position because I was successful enough. But you also have to understand the humility of it in saying, I don't know everything, so let me bring some other guys in because I'm so active in all the stuff that I got going Mm -hmm. on. How can these guys come in to help me? And that's exactly what they've been able to do right now with Sark being able to say, ooh, Gary Patterson, the door is always open for you. Mm -hmm. And Gary Patterson was like, hey, man, you know what? Remember how you said it was always open? You think you can find a spot for me in here? And Sark's like, yeah. I mean, analyst is always going to be open because you can have as many as you want, I believe. Oh, I don't yeah. think there's no rule for no. an analyst. Nope, and you can make up titles for people. Yeah, a special assistant, special to, the head assistant coach. to the head yeah, coach. Basically made You're that a special up. assistant to the special assistant exactly. to the head coach. <laughs> so, so now yeah. you can create some other opportunities. And what better way to have two former head coaches working with the head coach as well. Yeah, no, I, I like the move, and hopefully, and I, I think you'll hear you'll hear the news, whether it's him coming back or him deciding that uh, he wants to stay away from the game uh, for a little while longer. You'll figure that out in the next week or so, because Texas reports a training camp. Mm-hmm. What Monday? I believe Monday or Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday. 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 Press conference so is Tuesday. I, I assume they want to have the coaching staff and everything, mm-hmm. they want to have all of that already set up and stable by that time. So maybe the next week we'll uh, find that out, actually. All right, another uh, little nugget here from my man Chip Brown. Uh, that was from Bobby Burton. So shout out to Bobby Burton inside Texas over there doing a great job. Uh, my man Chip Brown also hustling. He's always hustling, man, trying to find them little nuggets for you. Um, he got his insider piece, so I encourage you to go check it out for yourself. But uh, on his insider piece, one of the uh, the pieces that he had that I thought was pretty cool he he talked about Quinn Ewers, so this is a story that he tells after they're working out. Um, he said, quote, I talked to a team source who gave me one of the better nuggets I've heard about Quinn Ewers. He said, last Thursday, after two hours of working out in the heat, he said it was 106 that day, uh, Tory Beckton, the strength coach, had the team, after the workout, do 10 shuttles, Longhorn shuttles they call them, which are shuttles concocted by Beckton. Everybody's got their own form of different shuttles. Um, but after that, it's kind of the way to close strong, right? Fourth quarter. we got to finish strong. So you finish strong with them shuttles. Uh, it says here, after finishing the 10 shuttle runs, you were said, Coach, Coach. I'm going to do my Quinn Ewers for a second. I was like, come on now. now coach, <laughs> we got 12 games. How about two more? Man, that might have been a little bit too deep for Quinn. Uh, well, well uh, this is this is no, this is Quinn Wick though. Oh, oh Quinn Wick, there it <laughs> is. Remember this okay. Quinn Wick, you a little right. bit different. <laughs> I got you. I watched John Wick Four too, by the way. <laughs> you did, loved it. Oh my god! I'm not gonna lie, John Wick Four is one of those rare sequels that might you mean be the sequel to the sequel to the, the sequel, sequel to the sequel, sequel to the sequel. To the sequel. <laughs> yeah. It might be as good, if not better, than any of the other ones prior to. Oh it. my god! Okay, it is. Pr- it's it's rare, but they they did a damn good job on it. It's really good. Anyway, uh, but yes, so Quinn Wick, basically, after doing the 10 shuttles, all right, after a hard workout with the team, he stood up, stood out, and said, hey, coach, we've got two, 12 games. How about two more? Let's get 12 because we got 12. Um, and according to the team source, after two hours of working out in the heat, 
Nobody groaned. Nobody complained. Nobody said a damn thing. Whole team just did two more shuttles. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What do you talk about leadership? He's a leader. There you go. He's a leader, man. We was talking about that before, right? Like, yeah. what is it going to take exactly. to be that guy to 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 get over the top? Because leadership, remember, baby. you last year we were talking about Hudson Carter and how he was so quiet in the locker room, was gravitating to uh, what is that? Cuda food? What was? Oh uh, yeah, you're right. It was. Uh, it was. It was. It was cuda food. Yeah, the food. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. you know, watching Quinn and how people were gravitating to him. It's a popularity contest. Now he didn't want to got a fade. Now he's been doing he things doesn't. a little bit different. His body has shredded a little bit more. The apps. And now he's like, man, I'm in the best shape I possibly ever can. Let's do two more. I don't like the Let's haircut. Do two, I do. But I appreciate him getting it cut. Yeah. It's all good. I, I ain't got to like it. It ain't yeah, for me. It's not for you. It ain't for me. Yeah, it's for him. It's for him. Yeah. As long as it makes him a better quarterback, then I'm going to like it. I'm going to learn to like it. It's like Bijan's haircut. Yep. And nobody liked Bijan's haircut when the we first saw cut. it. But nobody even, I never even seen anybody with that haircut. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. when Bijan started going out there, wrecking shop on the field, all right, putting putting dudes all into the spin cycle out there on the football field, looking like a little Barry Sanders, you know what? That hairstyle started to grow on me. No doubt. Bijan's hairstyle. And matter of fact, I started to see Bijan's hairstyle on just regular Joe Jabronis. And just regular Joe Schmoes out in the street. I went mm-hmm. to brunch and saw a dude with a Bijan hairstyle. I'm like, you can't just be a regular person with the Bijan hairstyle. You got to be a star with the Bijan hairstyle. I'm trying to get it. You can't do it. I know I can't. You got to be a star. And I can't grow it either. You can't grow that, man. <laughs> you can just be going to work your job at the insurance company with a Bijan style hairstyle. I'm a, so, I can do the Frammer Valdez, though. <laughs> <laughs> so Quinn had the mullet. Got yep. rid of the mullet because yep. the mullet caused too. I think it, he basically said the mullet got him too much attention. He don't want that kind of attention anymore. The type of attention I'm about to get is the type of attention that I have to earn on the field. That's the right. Quentin Ewers we're dealing with now. He don't need that superficial attention from some mullet in a hairstyle. I don't need that. All right? People going to know me when I walk in the room. They're going to go, damn, that's the best quarterback in the Big 12. Damn, that's All-American Quinn Ewers. Damn, that's Heisman Trophy finalist Quinn Ewers. That's how they going to know me. Yep. The mullet, they don't need that. They don't need that. I don't need that to market myself to get All NIL right. money. I'm about to get the in-hour money by at least check some cash in on this field. Boom. That's what's about to happen. That's Quinn Wick, baby. Like Quinn, Quinn, Quinn Wick, baby. Wick. I needed, right. him to, I needed him to keep his hair for Quinn Wick. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Quinn Wick don't get Quinn, Quinn Wick's hair a little bit longer. Yeah, that, that's, that's, true. A lot that's a good point. Yeah, uh, yeah but I, I, I'm loving that he's stepping up in leadership role. I've always said, like, the, if you've been given the privilege, it is a privilege to lead e- Really, work ethic and your commitment, those are just obligations. Those are just responsibilities of having that role as a leader. No doubt. So you don't have the you you don't have the luxury not to be the hardest worker out there and not to work hard. And that's what he's doing, man. Hard work. So I love it. All right, we come back. Let's talk about hard knocks. There was a statement made by Sean Payton that hard knocks is a bad it's a bad omen. Ooh. For teams, we talked about the Jets. Hard knocks. Watch how that ends. We'll talk about it. What does it mean to be on hard knocks? And is it a bad omen for these J E T S Jets? 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 Come on. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful. Night. Find out what happens when people stop being polite and start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's no. rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. So I was thinking about the comments 
um, from Sean Payton the other day when he talked about how distracting uh, the Hard Knocks series was going to be for the Jets. And remember, he was so he seemed pretty adamant that he basically calling his shot, even though he backtracked a little bit, calling his shot that the Jets, being with all the pomp and circumstance now surrounding them, that this may be a an omen, a bad omen for them because they may be distracted as a team. Um, he said, uh, it de- this is a quote from Sean Payton, it doesn't happen often where an NFL team gets embarrassed um, or an organization gets embarrassed, and that happened here. Part of it was their own fault relative to spending so much effing time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pump, the circumstances, marching people around and all this stuff. We're not doing any of that. The Jets did that this year. You watch Hard Knocks, all of it. I can see it coming. Remember when Dan Snyder put the Dream Team together? I was at the Giants. I was a young coach. I thought, how are we going to compete with them? Um, Dion's there now. That team won eight games or whatever, so listen, just put the work in. thought to myself, huh, all right, I, I wonder if, you know, with his experience, maybe he's looking at it and saying, hey, you don't want to have that many distractions in your locker room, cameras. It makes, the, it, it makes it hard for your culture to cultivate with that happening. Right, because the culture is about you know the the authentic connections in that locker room, and we'll admit sometimes when cameras are around, people aren't the most authentic. Instagram isn't the most authentic place; it's not very genuine. <laughs> right, so a lot of disingenuous behavior. Lot filters, lot of filters, a lot of fake stuff on there, um, and so you want to guard against that. You want that locker room to be kind of a sacred place. They call it locker rooms a sacred place, and you violate that sacred place. You violate that sanctity when you bring in a camera. That's what some people believe. Um, but, but anyway, I started thinking about it and, you know, when you have a reality TV around, like when you're in a reality TV situation, uh, it can, it can be stressful on, on whatever organization or whatever people relationship that that, uh, show is trying to highlight or present. It can be tough on them. I actually, I'm, I'm forced because of my wife spending quality time to watch some Bravo, Real Housewives, <laughs> and Below Deck stuff like this. My, my wife has actually been on a reality TV show before, but that's for that's a discussion for another day. Wait a minute. Yes, discussion for another day though. Yeah, we only got time for it right now. Yes, my wife has been on a reality TV show on Bravo. Anyway, but I digress. Um. So I started thinking about it, and, and it is tough because you don't look at look at all the ba- bachelors and bachelorettes. Speaking of reality TV shows, that I I, I should have gone on the Bachelor. <laughs> I wanted to be the first black bachelor. That was in my that was part of my my ambition as a young uh, post NFL player. I was going to get into reality TV. I actually auditioned for the Bachelor. For those who don't know, and I did get a call back not to be the Bachelor. I was a little disappointed. She said she wanted me to be one of the men on the Bachelorette. And at the time, I had just started dating my wife. I asked my wife, I was like, hey, I'm going to go on this. I actually got it cleared with, like, because I was doing radio at the time, too. I got it cleared radio because Garrett Green, who is yeah. the play-by-play voice of the Sugarland Skeeters, Space, Space, Cowboys, Space Cowboys, Cowboys, yes, yeah. he actually was there videoing the whole damn thing. So I got a witness to it, too. And went down there. Anyway, went down there, audition. She thought, uh, she said, you're great. She said, I think you got a chance to be a star on the show. Not on The Bachelor, but on The Bachelorette, one of the guys. And I was like, honestly, I'll win the whole damn thing. I told my wife, I said, listen, when I win the whole damn thing, because I'm just that damn good, <laughs> yeah, it is. I'm going to reject that skank on TV, and I'm going to propose <laughs> to you on TV. I told her, I said, I'll propose to you on TV. Now, you ain't got to marry me, because at the time, they won't be able to tell whether you say yes or no, but it'll just be very dramatic, and it'll get me another reality TV show. I'll be the next. Yep, yep. right, by the way, if you reject me, I'll be the next Bachelor anyway. It'll be work out either way. I had to plan. I had to plan in place, though. It was brilliant. 
She said no. She said, I'll break up with you if you go on that show. And I decided, all right, you know what? I kind of like her. So I did not go on the show. Still to this day. She should let me go on the damn show. By the way, and then she went on a reality TV show later Financially, we'd be on. different. We'd be different. You <laughs> yeah, won't exactly. be set right now. Exactly. You know what I mean? So she was thinking small-minded. I was on the biggest Rachel story. Rachel Lindsay got on that show, and I know. she's your from here, was, too. That's what I'm saying. Your boy, dude, I had to plan yeah. set. I already knew the, how reality TV show worked. I was going to go up there, make a... You got to make a big deal. It's got to be a controversy. Me rejecting her was going to be the controversy. Rejecting the... Whatever, the Bachelorette at the time. Reject her on national TV. Don't tell anybody. And then propose to a woman on there. And you know who I told to that plan to? I told it to Chris Sims. Because he was asked to do The Bachelor. Yeah. And I said, dude, do The Bachelor. Go through all the women. Come remember, Jesse Palmer did it. Yep. And I said, and then propose to your now wife, Danielle, on air. Live and she'll love it. Everybody will love it, and you'll be a star. He didn't do it. He said he was taking his football career too seriously. Nervous, anyway, but, but I digress. Getting back to reality TV and the stress that it can have on relationships. Do you know how many of the Bachelor Bachelorette couples are still together? There have been twenty seasons of the Bachelorette, twenty-seven seasons of the Bachelor, and what I from the research that I've done, I actually did some research on this. So y'all got to give me some props on that one. Um, <laughs> I found only 10 of those couples together, still together. 10? 10. So you're talking about 21%. I know Rachel Lindsay is one of them. Yeah, so 21% yeah. of the couples yeah. from the Bachelor and Bachelorette are still together. Because it is, it's a little, it's a, that's a stressful circumstance to, to meet under. Yep. And once that goes away, uh, what you're left with are kind of the, the remnants or the byproduct, if you will, because your foundation was built on something that was inauthentic, that mm -hmm. was disingenuous. It's mm -hmm. built on reality TV. That's not real. That's not real life. And I do think there is a, a fear of that happening when you have a reality TV crew around your football team, especially at the, the infancy of it, or at training camp. Like we're just on it. We don't even know who we are as a team yet. And then we got this entity here covering the whole damn thing. It can be very fragile. And so I do think that's why if you look at the the hard knocks, there have been 20 teams on hard knocks since 2001. Only um, basically only three have won a playoff game. Really? Only three. Only three have won a playoff game. Won a playoff game. What, what was it? One of them, Baltimore Ravens? Mm -hmm. Uh, I have to go look at my notes. Jets, the Jets are definitely one of them. Yeah. The Jets are yep. one of them. Yep. That's for sure. So it could could be history of beating <laughs> itself. Um, because I think the Jets are the one or two that like made the AFC title game. Yes, that was with butt fumble. Yeah, I want to say they made the Mark AFC Sanchez. title game. So maybe the Jets are the team that can kind of mm -hmm. you know they can break the curse. But it's not a curse. But I think it's just more about the strain and the stress of building the foundation of your team under, like I said inauthentic, disingenuous circumstances. They can also, and also distracting circumstances where you're not focused on the connection with each other, much like a relationship. You're mm -hmm. focused on how do I look in front of these cameras? Like, how, right. how, what's, what am, I, am I saying the right stuff? Am I looking? And, that's, that's, and I think that's what Sean Payton was getting at. Now, hopefully the Jets can avoid it. Why, by the way, this is why the Jets didn't want it. Remember, the Jets didn't want it. No team wanted it this year, remember? No team wanted hard knocks this year. The NFL had to compel the Jets. You're the most interesting team in the NFL. You have to take this uh, concept. You have to take the, the the burden of the of the hard knock series. But no team won it. And remember, by the way, remember the new quarterback series on Netflix that everybody loves? Yep. Now we found out how many quarterbacks rejected it. How I think many? Every one of them. Two were rejected it. Yep. Hurts rejected it. Dak rejected it. Justin Fields rejected it. Why? They they get the same thing. You do not want to be one of those couples on the Bachelor or the Bachelorette. 
It's a 21% hit rate, a success rate. And probably that's going to drop too. Same thing with the success rate of teams on hard knocks. Three of them have won playoff games out of 20 since 2001. Maybe they're just not good, though. It could be that, or it could just be, like I said, and I'm sure it's a combination of that, but it could just be, yeah. man, it's, it's, it's a really tough situation, like I said, to build the foundation of your culture on. That's the that foundation that's of your true. culture. You're building. Think about it. That's the beginning of your, your relationship is on TV, and you're in front of a camera for, for the thir- first 30 days that y'all met each other, and now you're like, we're in love. Are you really in love? Yeah. Are you really even being your real self? What's that with show? With all these cameras around and with these people around? Are you being your authentic self to help you fall in love with another person being their authentic selves? Wait, what is what is that show? 30, 30 day... 30 day, 90 day fiance? 90 day fiance. Yeah. Same kind of deal. Same but, kind of deal. But in, in reality, though, like we have cameras in front of us, but we don't even think about those cameras. You don't think about them. I don't think about them. We're just in here. But we doing... are. Perf- we are. This is what we're. We are like literally performing uh, as I see our profession. They are. They're playing. Like, they're, they're football. They're football they're, There's also they're a big practicing. difference between a camera and a person holding a camera. Amen. There's a very, very big difference. Very true. Because we forget that there's a little tiny thing up there yes. that's filming us. No. But if there was a dude <laughs> yeah. in the room, around with if there was a the couple dudes time. in there. Yeah, that's a great point. We'd <laughs> be like, like hey, man, just distracting. meet me in my living room after I take yeah. a shower exactly. and go to the bathroom. Exactly. I don't want you to hear yeah, totally Every good. commercial yeah. break, stop looking at the camera. Yeah. Stop. You're just yeah. staring down the lens. Like, no, don't stare down the lens. Don't stare down the lens. Yeah. And, that's what I said. and I totally agree with Patrick on that. And that's what I said. And, and I actually had this in my notes, and I texted brought it up, and I'm glad they did. Because the guys that did the quarterback show, Kirk Cousins, they did pretty good, could have yep, good for yep. uh, the um, for the Minnesota Vikings. Yep. They didn't win a playoff game though. They did lose. They lost. <laughs> they, lost to, uh, they, they lost to the Giants. Giants. They were favored yeah, too. Saquon. Remember, after setting records, they yep. set records for uh, fourth quarter comebacks. NFL records for fourth quarter comebacks, and I think they set a record because they are the first thirteen win team in NFL history to have a negative point differential. Yep. So uh, they were minus freaky. three. They're, they're exceptions minus to three. the rule, but yep. pa- I think this is the, a compliment to Patrick Mahomes and his ability to compartmentalize. Remember, the guy just had a baby too. Yeah, he did. So with everything going on in your life, you got to be able to compartmentalize your social life, your personal life, and your professional life. And these guys are obsessed with their professional lives because they're football players. And that just shows you how great Patrick Mahomes is. I'm talking about how much of a distraction these reality TV crews are when they're around teams and how it's led to them having, you know, underachieving as an organization. Now with Patrick Mahomes, he did it. Had him follow him around. Yep. Had a brand new baby. Wasn't no big thing. I'm buying up. He's, he's become an owner of different pro teams around yeah. town. Ain't no big thing. Ain't nothing distracting me. No, I'm going to be the GOAT. I'm going to be the GOAT. But I, goat's think, the goat. I think he has practice of ignoring his brother. <laughs> and he's got an annoying brother. Yep. Yeah. He's, just annoying. he's like, oh, is he filming me again? Yeah, All right, exactly. just pretend, pretend he's not there. He'll get tired and go away. That's true. That's a good point. But yeah, there you go. So, And also the All or Nothing, another reality TV show on Amazon Prime, uh, only one of those five teams has won a playoff game. Yeah. And that was Arizona the first year they did it. There is something about having reality TV shows and crews around your team that aren't necessarily good for your team. Hey, Longhorn Network, I kid. <laughs> All right, we'll come back right here on Ball the Line, one Too soon. <laughs> the horn 512 friday that's when patrick the idillionaire plays jams from local bands and artists very talented human beings that you have a chance to uh, catch live right here in the atx who are we jamming right now patrick this is the soapboxers and they're playing tonight at swan dive 
at the, what is the name of the band? The, the soap, Soapboxers. The Soapboxers. Okay, I like that. Uh, all right, uh, 512 Friday. Thanks to my man Patrick, always hooking us up on a 512 Friday. All right, we haven't had time for many of our off the records because we've been over, uh, but it's been well worth it because we have some good stuff uh, from my man Harge and we have some good stuff. So uh, I haven't got off the record, but next segment I will throw in a couple of off the record topics we need that we haven't gotten we into. Need yes. So we'll get to those next segment. I just don't want to go too far over here and start diving into it because some of these are pretty interesting. So we'll do some off the record on the other side. Also dive back into NFL news notes and nuggets. All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on Wonderful Nine Horn.